1: Good afternoon, evening, or morning. This
0: is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. As always, thank you so much, Uncle Mosh, for your kind words. And to my man Murph, thank you so much for the great opportunity you give me to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio, as well as being part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And to all my silver and black brothers and sisters listening around the world, I am so proud to bring you stories of the people and moments that helped make our Raiders history so glorious. All right, Raider Nation. Let's get going on our time together on this part three of the Al Davis story. We left off with Mr. Davis ready to conquer new challenges in the world of professional football after returning to the West Coast from his time in New York City serving as American Football League Commissioner. It did not take Davis long to decide on what his next move would be. He returned to Oakland and bought 10% of the Raiders. He was now part of the general partnership of the Silver and Black, along with Wayne Valley and Ed McGaw, and also named head of football operations. Under his guidance, the Raiders won the 1967 American Football League Championship and emerged as one of the most dominant teams in football for the next 18 years. Still collecting cast-offs from other teams, Davis molded other teams' misfits into winners and created an us-against-the-world mentality. Possibly, this mentality originated from the way he was treated during his two months as AFL commissioner. Davis basically put up a wall between the Raiders and the rest of the league, daring anyone to knock it down. With their silver and black colors representing evil brutes that no one else wanted, the NFL's orphanage for wayward gridiron performers quickly adopted Davis's philosophies and pounded the opposition anyway to continue on with their success. For some time, Al Davis and fellow team owner Wayne Valley had a rocky relationship at best. And it probably was made worse by Valley's apparent comment about Davis just being a mere figurehead in the AFL's battle with the NFL. Whatever the reasons behind the dislike, they may never be completely sorted out. However, Davis pulled off a coup of his own six years after the snub as commissioner against Valley. Apparently, while Valley was enjoying himself at the 1972 Summer Olympic Games in Munich, Germany, Davis had a new partnership contract drawn up that made him managing general partner with almost total control over the organization. Ed McGaw placed his signature on the document, meaning that the majority of the general partners agreed to the terms. Valley was not happy, to say the least, and sued to overturn the agreement. Unfortunately for Valley, he lost the case and in 1976, he sold his interest in the team. Many called the move ruthless and cunning, but no matter how it was described, Al Davis was firmly entrenched as master of Raider Nation. He also assumed the role of general manager, joining Jerry Jones of Dallas and Cincinnati's Mike Brown as the only other owners who served their teams in that capacity. Despite his rise to the forefront of the Raiders organization as an executive, his coaching roots ran deep, and he was known to advise, while some say meddle, in decisions on the field. Some of his coaches through the years embraced his vast knowledge, and others did not. Through the years that followed, Al Davis continued on his mission to make the Raiders the best organization in football, and three Super Bowl titles in seven years backed up his promise. His passion and belief in the Raiders was undying, as was his loyalty to those who served him well. Many legal battles over the team's move to Los Angeles and then back to Oakland gained Davis more headlines and negativity throughout the 1980s and beyond. Also, heated disagreements with players and coaches also served as fodder for media outlets across the country. His ongoing feuds with fellow NFL owners and the NFL commissioner at that time, Pete Rozelle, were legendary, only fueling the fires of controversy surrounding the silver and black evil empire. Despite all the negative remarks and feelings centered around this man, Al Davis was also a trailblazer that allowed opportunities to people he felt worthy, regardless of skin color, gender, or ethnic background. Under Al Davis, the Raiders hired the first Latino head coach in Tom Flores, the first African-American head coach of pro football's modern era in Art Shell, and Amy Trask became the first ever woman to rise to the presidency of an NFL franchise. Al Davis was bestowed with countless awards given to him over the years for his achievements. In May of 1991, he was presented with the first-ever NFL Players Association Retired Players Award of Excellence for his many contributions to the men who played the game. In March of 1998, Davis was inducted into the NFL alumni's Order of the Leather Helmet, which is presented to individuals who made important contributions to professional football. On December 29, 1999, the Oakland Tribune newspaper and the Alameda Newspaper Group named Al Davis the Bay Area's most significant sports figure of the 20th century. He also received a Letterman of Distinction award from his alma mater, Syracuse University, and was also inducted into the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame. Those stellar honors proved the incredible impact that Davis had on the game of professional football. However, The crown jewel of all honors bestowed on this man occurred on August 1st, 1992, when he was inducted into the Professional Football Hall of Fame, forever immortalized with the game's greats, many of whom he helped get there, and with many more he influenced, hopefully, on their way to Canton, Ohio someday, with their Hall of Fame busts, sharing the same room with the great Al Davis. Mentioned earlier, Al Davis was considered one of the most controversial owners in the NFL, and involved in many lawsuits in California, involving Los Angeles, Oakland, Irwindale, and the National Football League. In 1980, when he wanted to move the Raiders to Los Angeles, but was blocked by a court injunction, Davis filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NFL. And in June 1982, a federal district court ruled in Davis's favor, and the team relocated to Los Angeles, beginning with the 1982 NFL season. And after the upstart United States Football League, filed its antitrust lawsuit against the NFL in 1986, Davis was the only NFL owner who sided with the USFL. In 1995, after being unable to secure a new stadium in the Los Angeles area, and when a proposed move to Sacramento that involved Davis taking ownership of the Sacramento Kings National Basketball Association team fell through, he moved the team back to Oakland, then sued the NFL, claiming the league sabotaged the team's effort to build a stadium at Hollywood Park in Inglewood, and that the league did not do enough to help the team move from the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum to a new stadium with luxury suites. The NFL did eventually win a verdict in 2001, but a Los Angeles County Superior Court judge ordered a new trial due to accusations that one juror was biased against the team in Davis and that another juror committed misconduct. The case was thrown out of court in 2007 when the California Supreme Court unanimously ruled that the verdict against the Raiders stood. And this was the last of several lawsuits the Raiders had against the National Football League. In the mid-1990s, Davis sued the NFL on behalf of the Raiders, claiming that the Raiders had exclusive rights to the Los Angeles market, even though the Raiders were in Oakland. Davis and the Raiders did lose that lawsuit. On October 8, 2011, Mr. Al Davis died at the age of 82 in his suite at the Hilton Hotel, Oakland Airport. It was ruled that Mr. Davis died from an abnormal heart rhythm, congestive heart failure, and a heart muscle disease. Mr. Davis had previously undergone heart surgery in 1996 and also suffered with skin cancer and had throat surgery just days before his death. Nine days following his passing, Mr. Davis was laid to rest at Chapel of the Chimes in Oakland after a private service and funeral. After Al Davis's death, his son Mark Davis and the Raiders created the Al Davis Memorial Torch. Currently there are two torches. The original torch is a gas-operated torch that was brought out on game days at the Oakland Coliseum and was lit by a former Raiders player or coach prior to each Raider home game. That individual would then sign the back or one of the side panels of the torch. When our Raiders relocated to Las Vegas in 2020, the torch from the Oakland Coliseum came along and was placed in front of the team's new headquarters in Henderson, Nevada, with the player signed side and back panels being put on display at Allegiant Stadium, where an 85-foot-tall torch that rises above the main concourse was built the Allegiant Stadium Al Davis Memorial Torch is the largest 3D-printed object in the world. Mr. Al Davis remained the only individual whose involvement in professional football included that of player personnel director, assistant coach, head coach, league commissioner, general manager, and main owner and chief executive of a professional football franchise. This man, who took a passion and a dream and rose to legendary status, truly is an example of his commitment to excellence all right my silver and black faithful thank you so much for sharing this three-part series on our legendary owner mr al davis it looks like there is only one thing left to do so until the next time we get back together once again i will close out the show with the words i embrace each and every day so come on my raider faithful say it with me love you raider nation